0: Owie, owie, owie. come no, bye. Hey, I get to it. Ow, oh, yo, Marlon. i like to show you that I want money. Bruh. Say? Hi. Hi. <laughs> <Hey. laughs> uh, welcome to the Your Podcast. My name is Michelle. I'm Jody. Our first episode. This is our first episode recording, yes. Um. So, we've done the trailer for the podcast, but um, do you want to say something about like what this podcast is?
1: So, the inspiration behind our podcast is that often we see a lot of stories in the news about things going on in South Africa, and we just have no idea what it is about. Often, these stories are super complicated, and it's been going on for a long time, and it's really hard to follow. So, we just thought it would be a really good idea to have a podcast where we discuss these things and really like try to understand it and unpack it in a way that it makes sense so we can understand what's going on in our country.
0: And I also just wanted to discuss the news with my friends, but also really know what I'm talking about. Um, and I think with our skills that we've learned, how to like navigate political jargon, how to conduct research, um, we felt that this is something that's like super important for everybody to know. Like I would like for people to walk around knowing actually what is going on.
1: Yeah, and also like how does the political system even work in this country?
0: We have so many issues at the moment. Um and one, like the the fallout of us not knowing much about our own democracies actually debilitating. We have like really low voter turnout.
1: Exactly. And we are just hoping that this will spark dialogue and we can, like, help ourselves and our listeners just to have a better sense of why things are the way that they are in
0: this country. Yeah. I mean, I really don't know who's going to end up listening to this podcast. It could be, like, literally, just, literally just the two of us. <laughs> um... But so we've discussed like what we wanted to be about. So um, should we talk about anything interesting that you saw this week in the news?
1: Yes, I saw in the news that they are trying to nominate a new chief justice. And they were like interviewing four different people. And there was a woman that they were interviewing and I can't remember her name. And they were like... Oh, and they obviously, like, brought the fact that she's a woman into, like, the interview.
0: Are you serious?
1: I'm dead serious. Wait, dude. wait,
0: isn't Sondo, isn't he the chief no. justice?
1: No, he's been interviewed for one of the positions. And they were like, "Is South Africa, ready for a female chief justice. And I was like... What? How are we still asking this question in the year? This is serious, dude, no lies.
0: And I was like... That's ridiculous. I was like, Yo. <laughs> But, like... So, Tuli Madansela did what? I mean, she was the head of the NPAs. And it's fine for her to be in that position. But we can't have a female like, chief of justice.
1: Girl, apparently not. So, that, like, legitimately happened. And she was asked... Like, they asked her questions about her gender in the interview process. Like, what is... Like, to her. What did they ask her? Like, what does it mean to be a female? Like, what is... Food? like? What does it mean to be a female... Like, something like that. And she was just like, what? And she gave, like, a really good answer that I can't remember. But I saw this on the news, the headline.
0: Why do men think that women are a different species? Mm. Like, what is it... Like, okay, so yes, we have certain body parts that present differently. But, like, there are five fingers. There are five toes. Yeah. On the one hand. And on the other side, there's another five. There's lips, there's noses, there's eyes. Yeah. Some of us are even taller than y'all. What it, like, I don't understand.
1: Yeah, and it's like, these are the conversations that we are still having.
0: In the year of our Lord. 2022. In the year of Beyonce 2022. Well, so, okay, so what I saw this week that like really shook me was okay so this broke on the Daily Maverick this week love them (laughs) this story is a scam but like a huge huge scam and I just read the story it was like such a nice read honestly because sometimes the Daily Maverick can be so complicated like Mail and Guardian Daily Maverick yeah all of y'all you're so difficult to read but this story was like this is contained within one situation so basically this is big fraud I tried to find it on the website now and I couldn't find it. So I'm just not going to dial her. But basically these people were taking Kruger Rands because they're made of real gold. And they <laughs> melted down no. to make gold bars. Then they sell that and then that becomes converted into real currency. But get this, there's no tax on Kruger Rands. It's a zero tax thing. But if you melt it down into a gold bar and you lie about the source of the gold, like you say, it's jewelry, then you get taxed on that and you can get a tax rebate back. And this is like a very, very, very high level crime syndicate that's been going on. And sources has lost a ton of money from this. What? <laughs> They
1: melted Kruger Rands into the gold. That's Maybe, the most genius thing I've ever heard in my life.
0: But Kruger Rands are like expensive. You can't just buy a Kruger Rand. Like wait, <laughs> I don't understand this. So they got
1: caught. Yes. Like they all got busted.
0: Yes. I know
1: guys.
0: <laughs> yeah, gold scam robbed South Africa of tens of billions of rands in unpaid tax.
1: Side note: tax please but also how but I I literally have not heard about this the whole week how is no one talking about this it was on
0: Amabungane but like the, like just I have to say when it comes to the corruption and fraud in South Africa it's so complicated that I'm really not surprised that people don't walk around talking about it a lot
1: yeah it's just so difficult to make sense of any of it
0: to begin with our financial literacy is like underneath the awe of Um, the core of the earth (laughs) abysmal (laughs) dude do do you know how to do e-filing i can't even navigate no that is how bad our financial literacy is honestly
1: no it's bad i don't even know what interest is
0: (laughs) okay but now we're gonna like tell these people about what's happening in the news even though
1: we don't know yes no
0: I have to say, I'm not saying that I'm an expert on anything. Um, I'm not a financial advisor, I'm not an economist, I'm not a political analyst. Like I'm just a writer and I've done my research and I just feel like if you've read enough stuff and you can make sense of it, then you can understand it. But since no one is going to go through the effort of making it easier to digest, I will do that. Yes.
1: Um, I'm neither of those things, also. (laughs) So don't, it's not gonna, like, it's gonna come from me. (laughs) (laughs) But I am a researcher, and I work at a research institution, so I also know about research. But you
0: also studied the yellow stuff.
1: I mean, I did social science, so, like, I get it. But some of the stuff is so complicated that it even goes over my head. Mm. So... Yeah, hopefully. We all learn something through this process.
0: But, I mean, somebody has to make sense of this. Like, the, like the news can't be this indecipherable every single time you <laughs> open up News24. Like, I actually can't.
1: Aren't they supposed to, like, make it easy for us to understand? That's isn't the you know what, point. Isn't that what journalists do? One of the things? Like, okay, but so... That's the, not the point, yeah.
0: Okay, so <laughs> that's, the, that's the overarching systemic structure that we're trying to mental, yeah um and okay so the first episode we've decided to do um an episode on state capture Uh, that's a biggie
1: a biggie but a biggie and a baddie (laughs) yeah i'm ready
0: i okay so i'm going to talk to you about it jody i michelle i'm going to talk to you jody and um you are exposed to this kind of news all the time because of your work but i told you please don't do too much research into this so that i can tell you yeah (laughs) um i did some research this is probably going to be a multi-part episode so i'm going to unpack a little bit of it and then we'll go from there sounds good i like i know a little bit about
1: it but i just know from like reading the headlines and reading articles on the internet like i don't know details at all like, if you were to ask me, tell me about SARS and state capture, I wouldn't be able to tell you anything.
0: What, what do you know about it?
1: <laughs> so, I know that Zuma and his huge number of allies have all worked together to, like, essentially capture the state and state institutions by, like, a grand scale corruption scheme.
0: But, okay, so if I say, if you say he, they captured the state... Like literally, what does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> no, but that's why like illegal
1: activities and like tender frauds and that kind of things, right?
0: Yeah. So it's, that language confuses me. I understand mm. why they chose the phrase "state capture." But if you ask someone on the street, what does it mean to capture an entire country? Yeah. Like they're not taking, like you're not like holding a human being hostage. Yeah. So it's a difficult, it's a difficult image to understand.
1: Hmm. It is a difficult, like, term to understand. Like, I don't know why they decided to use that term specifically. But anyway, it's not the point.
0: Okay, so um, let me start off by telling Let's you go. about
1: it. Let's go. I'm ready.
0: Okay, so first of all, let me just say this is, like, the most dense thing I've ever had to deal with. And it took a lot of sources, actually. And... I, one time for an article, tried to, I pitched an article to my editor, I was like, yo, I want to write a story about the health impacts of plastic on our bodies, and she was like, yo, you're on, do it. I started researching the story, it was so massive, I had like piles and piles of research to go through, and I could not condense it into one feature, because, well, first of all, I realized that the impact of plastic is so huge, that researchers are unable to quantify it because there's not a single human being on the planet who is not affected by plastic so there's no control group mm, okay so that is the thing that I tended to do realized that, that that was like crazy and I just stopped doing that but that's like to give you a picture of like how deeply I had to go in and do this and so the journalists who unpa- who uncovered this their level of understanding for this is like unparalleled I totally understand Like, I have mad respect for them publishing these stories because it was dangerous and also very, very, very difficult and complicated. Yeah. And it's only because of them that we even know about the stuff and also (laughs) that I can, like, go and do a lot of research and then, like, uh, break it down into, like, fifth grade level. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But, so, what we know is that it's this thing that happened a few years ago where... Jacob Zuma and his friends basically stole a lot of money from us and like we've just spoken about like what the average understanding is about it and right now it's in the news because of the word Zondo like people are like oh the Zondo commission and uh, Gupta is a word that gets thrown around a lot and state-owned enterprises but I'm sure that most people are confused about a lot of other things like why is this back in the news now because this happened like ten years ago <laughs> yeah it's actually been like a very really long time mm. yeah and who is zondo and why is he in charge i think that's a big question that i ask myself um also why is literally nobody in jail why is no one in jail ask that ask and is anybody gonna pay for this because if we stole a lot of money then they must, must give it back <laughs> <laughs> and then also like are we going to recover so i started doing some research blah 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 but having done all of that research, I can say that the answer to these questions is so complicated that even asking that question is like ridiculous in the first place. Mm. Um, so first, I'm going to talk about my sources. Okay, so the sources is mostly from this book called Anatomy of State Capture, um, edited by Nina Callaghan, Robin Foley, and Mark Swilling. This book is incredibly dense. Super, 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 super dense. But it's the most concise collection of work that you'll find. And it's free on Google Books. So if you are the kind of person who's like into reading South African political books and you should like their foes, go check it out. Um, I got some information from Wikipedia. and then Iconic. My best friend, The Daily Maverick.
1: Also iconic.
0: What the amount of newspapers I get from The Daily Maverick.
1: I know, they're a lot, eh? Yeah, they're super serious. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And then also, like, literally, like, maybe one or two articles from News24. What a waste. Um, (laughs) News24 is the bane of my existence. I hate them. (laughs) Yeah. They
1: can literally suck a dick. No, but I literally go on there, like, multiple times a day. What? Yeah. I go on there like five times a day. They're good for like just to see the headlines. Like the top stories, they're good. But like, not if I want in-depth analysis. Do
0: you know how many typos I see on News24 articles? Or, like, they do not pay their journalists enough. Which means that and they pressure them to publish information constantly all the time. It's like, that news desk is a mess. Did I tell you they contacted me to write something? I can't believe that they are the biggest news source in the country. Like, it's actually heartbreaking. I told him I didn't have enough time. <laughs> and then the guy ghosted me, bro. You see now. Okay, so News24's cancelled. Anyway, I also got information from a documentary called How to Steal a Country, super lit. And then also a Belle Pottinger documentary called oh. Influence. Oh, wow. And both of these are on Showmax. Okay, cool. And I don't know if they're anywhere else, but they are definitely on Showmax. Um Interesting to watch. Okay, so those are just like the sources. Um, then I want to say that state capture exists within a much broader systemic issue. And that is the rampant corruption that exists in this country. Um, unfortunately, the walls of democracy have been moldy like... For a very long time. So it's inevitable that we all get like collective black lung, whatever. And I do want to do another episode looking only at corruption in South Africa and how it has its roots in apartheid. Bro. Because we all walk around and think that corruption is an ANC thing, but Mm. that is wrong. That's not true. Um. Yeah. Okay, so in the news right now is the Zondo Commission that's coming out. And we're recording this podcast very, very far in the past. By the time you hear this, likely more things will have been published. But because we have to research these things and then record them and then handle other business, like this is not our full-time job, obviously. So um, by the time you find this, this is probably going to be old news. But you still need to know what's going on. So I'm going to tell you anyway. Um, And the Zondo Commission is actually named after this guy. His name is Zondo. Mm -hmm. Actually, not Zondo. Zondo. And he's in charge of finding out what's going on. His report is coming out and he's releasing it like their Twilight books, like one at a time. Also, the Zondo Commission is weird. So some of the questions that I had about the Zondo Commission is, why is it not a court of law? I saw that like you show up. But then if you don't want to answer a question, you can just be like, yeah, I don't feel like answering that question. What? Um, Yep. And and then I had like lots of other questions like, didn't the NPA, the National Prosecuting Authority, didn't they already do an investigation into this? And I had so many questions about it. And that just leads to like the judicial system in South Africa that might be difficult to understand. Mm -hmm. Okay, so here's why. The Commission is inquisitorial. That means it's about asking questions and finding the truth. Its main aim is to investigate a matter of public interest and it's not adversarial. Adversarial here means that they are trying to like duke out different sides. So there's an A side and there's a B side and the two are fighting and then there's a judge who says A is right or B is right. This is not the case. It's the courts actually investigating for themselves. Which is like... I didn't know courts could do that. The courts are investigating for themselves. Yeah, dude. That's what the NPA recommended. So here's what happened. So basically, the judiciary is taking an active role in the investigation. And here's why. This is directly from Wikipedia. Thank you, girl. In 2016, the public protector, at the time it was Tuli Madancela, launched an investigation into state capture after receiving formal complaints from two members of the Dominican Order of Southern Africa, another member of the public, and leader of the opposition, Musi Maimane. In November 2017, the publication of the report of her investigation titled State of Capture caused a major scandal. The report implicated Zuma and other state officials in improper relations with the Gupta family, among other improprieties, and recommended that Zuma should appoint a commission of inquiry into state capture.
1: Um, did you just say that they said that Zuma should appoint a commission of inquiry?
0: <laughs> That's exactly what I said.
1: A commission of inquiry into himself?
0: <coughs> <laughs> yes, but this is... See, this is what was like so absurd and I remember when this came out on the news and the news reporter she's reading the news that, and, and she's saying and Tully Monasello recommends that the president should order a commission of inquiry and at the time I remember being in the house and being like what how can he investigate himself
1: this l- l- makes no sense
0: mm. sorry I'm drinking coffee Um, But Okay so here's what happens So she told him She was like bruh you need to A commission of inquiry to investigate All the stuff that you've been doing And he was like "Um, I literally don't have to listen to you But there was a lot of Pressure from outside forces Mm. And so eventually He gave in and he did Commission People to run The inquiry and the person who ended up doing that is this guy, Zondo. So that's what happened. And that's how she managed to get him to launch his investigation, which on the face of it seems ridiculous. But right. this came to a head because of other things that happened and things that were in the news at the time created such a buzz that like, it came to a head and there was just nothing for it. Like He couldn't, he couldn't keep going that way. So some of the things that he did was like... (sighs) Mkandla. Of course, yes. Where he used tax money to upgrade his homestead. And that was around 225 million rand. What was he adding there? The fire pool. Do you remember the fire pool? (laughs) I don't know what else he added. Like, I don't think a pool is that much money. No. I don't have pool money, but I don't think it's that much. But what is a fire pool? Jody, it was a swimming pool and only when they only when they when they asked him questions like why did you use taxpayer money to add a swimming pool, he said, Oh, it was a safety measure. That's what happened. I remember this.
1: Oh, so if there's a fire you jump in the pool. Is that what it is? That's what he said. <gasps> no, you're lying.
0: Are you shook by this? <laughs> Because then you're not gonna make it through the rest of the No, podcast. I'm probably not. Okay, so that's like your this is not even the cherry on top of the cake. This is like This is like not even the sprinkles. No, this is nothing. But I'm already shook, but continue please. Then he was changing his finance ministers multiple times a week. Oh
1: remember? I remember I remember that very clearly.
0: Sometimes he would do it in the middle of the night, like you go to bed with one finance minister and you wake up with another one. Yeah. Sometimes was, several times a week.
1: He was permanent shuffling his cabinets like he was just <laughs> playing a game. <laughs> no. You wake up the next morning, there's a whole new cabinet. Like when did this happen? Yeah.
0: So at some point people were like, Okay, but we need to like you need to calm down. So it was the seven several cabinet reshuffles. And then and I think this is the thing that actually ticked people off the most and when I say people I don't actually mean us I mean the journalists and the people who are holding him accountable it's the the, the Vatakluv landing
1: <gasps>
0: yeah <laughs> so this is what someone in the documentary said I believe it was the how to capture a country or how to steal a country that documentary this Indian journalist said and I don't think he realized that he was saying this And I don't think this was on the news. The people who came... So, what happened was, people landed at the military air force base and they were going to attend a Gupta wedding. Do you know that those people didn't have paperwork to be in the country?
1: No. They came from India, right?
0: Yes. They didn't have passports. That's what he said. An Indian journalist on this documentary said... They didn't have passports. They didn't have any of the paperwork to be in the country. And I think that's why they landed there. Okay, that's my opinion. But I mean, you can't land at Tambo <laughs> and expect to go through customs with like not even like a piece of paper that says, here's my name.
1: This was for that wedding. This someone like the niece or something. Yeah,
0: they went to Sun International and they had like a big wedding. Sun there. City. Sun City, sorry.
1: Also, can we just say, it's not 1999, we don't do weddings at Sun City anymore. <laughs> like, of all the places in South Africa you wanted to have your wedding, you chose Sun City. <laughs> guys, please. If you could chose a more sophisticated place, I would be a bit more impressed. But please, guys.
0: I'm so finished with you. So this is the thing that like, really ticked everyone off. And I yeah, think it was called Gate. Was it called Gu- Gate? It was Gate, just the whole piece of Like Yes. <laughs> but this probably had
1: a specific name. But no, that is like wild, beyond wild.
0: Okay, so now I'm going to set the context for you. Are you ready? I need to take a deep breath. Okay, so in, 20- in 2009, Jacob Zuma was elected into the presidency. I remember when this happened. Do you remember this?
1: Yeah, I have like vague memories about it. I just remember thinking, nah.
0: <laughs> actually, people were thrilled about it. There were people who were thrilled.
1: What? I mean, but I was like way too young to actually have any kind of idea of what was actually Well, going on. so
0: what was going on, we were, we were all super annoyed about Mbeki and we wanted him out. Mm. And we were irritated with him because there were things happening where he was out of the country and he needed to be here and he had like some foreign girlfriend and we were like this guy is like oxford educated and he thinks that he can just be out of the country and we got full of him
1: i didn't know this but yeah
0: continue yeah dude what do you mean he had a but why wasn't he allowed to have a foreign girlfriend ask that ask oh <laughs> okay if you look at any of the new presidents and you look at Mbeki, you're like, that pales. Okay, but I shouldn't, I shouldn't say any... I, like, I actually shouldn't commend a single president because the cuck, the absolute cuck. Okay, so... But what people forgot is that at this time, Zuma was like a total fucking criminal. Yep. By the time Zuma was elected, he already had criminal charges. And I'm going to quote directly from the book anatomy of state capture by the time he was elected Zuma still faced 700 what? and 86 counts of bribery and had been questionably acquitted of rape in two thousand and seven.
1: I remember that rape trial also let's not even get into that but how can one person have 700 plus charges against them and then still, how can you have become a president? Like, in what democracy is that okay?
0: You see, this is why, like, like this is why, like, and we walk around and we we are like, was that December and all of that stuff? But like, can we not ask these questions? Like, I, got, it feels like I'm in a parallel universe.
1: Yeah. It. <laughs> how can anyone run for president? When that is what is going, It's just. It's actually beyond me.
0: You know, when I was doing this research, I was sitting alone in my bedroom and I was literally like, I can't be a regular person and and still process this kind of, like, information. Yeah. No, I get you. This is why cognitive dissonance exists.
1: Oh, yeah. This is why people, like, just choose not to deal with the politics of this country. You because
0: it's ha- too much. You have to dissociate. You have to okay so 786 counts of bribery acquitted of rape questionably at the time he was the deputy president of the country and remember I told you like I don't want to be too nice to any of the presidents remember Mbeki he was part of the arms deal
1: and he's also don't forget the AIDS denialism Mm, mm,
0: mm, mm. so it was that and then Zuma was also implicated in the arms deal so nobody was looking good so but at the time he was very very popular Um, and we've just spoken about how, like, completely wild it is that he ended up anywhere close to the presidency. Like, but we do need to talk about how people in power are able to stay where they are when things like this happen. But the consequence of the fact that Zuma was now in the presidency was that he manipulated everything he could. Like, you take someone like that and you put him into the highest office in the country and, I mean, what did you expect? every aspect of governance that's in place to prevent corruption or collusion he circumnavigated he appointed people when he didn't have the power to do so and basically he just shrugged his shoulders when someone called him out and this is what like sets the stage for the state capture issue and like i literally i'm only at the beginning yeah and what he focused on a lot in his term. When I say, when I focus on, I mean, like, what was the focus of his corruption was something called procurement spend of SOEs, and the SOE is a state-owned enterprise. So, now let's read from the book. Open quote. During the Zuma era, the focus shifted to the procurement spend of SOEs as the primary vehicle for building a black industrial class, end quote. I had to look this up because what does that mean? Procurement spend in this context means literally the money they're spending on the materials needed to make products. So if the procurement contract for is for Prasa, then we need to buy chains. Mm. If the procurement contract is for your nail salon, then you must most buy nail polish. So my guess is that this was meant to feed into stimulating the economy by supporting homegrown businesses but that literally never happened like not even a little bit
1: oh so like the idea was to give local businesses like the contracts
0: I think so that sounds
1: like what it is but I don't know
0: I mean yeah Okay. so what does end up happening is that the back is the backbone of what we call state capture a third party steps in to negotiate the deal on what's been bought for which SOE. And it's this dodgy third party that leaves the door open for all sorts of things like kickbacks, where if you negotiate a favorable deal, you get something nice in return. Um, For some reason, the Gupta family ended up being the brokers, and they had control of SOEs and set up a network where they could benefit from these deals. So that's...
1: Oh, that's where it comes in. If
0: I had to put it into a box for you and tie it with a bow, like that's it. Okay, wow. But there's several companies, there's several state-owned enterprises, there's several institutions at play, obviously, because I mean, there's the whole country that they can play with. Yeah. So what I want to talk about first is Bain & Co.
1: Yep.
0: But first, let's take a break. And we're back. <coughs> okay, to understand Bain, we need to talk about SARS.
1: Oh boy. I don't know anything about SARS. Eh? Like, truly, I just know they're the tax people. <laughs> That's it. Okay. They're the tax man, and there's no one in the world that I'm more scared of than the tax man.
0: No, fair. Fair, fair. Okay, so you might think that SARS is a place that really doesn't matter much to you, but... I would encourage you to remember that this is the institution responsible for collecting the country's salary because we pay the country to exist. That is also a trope. Yeah. <laughs> so we pay them taxes and the taxes is like, it comes from everywhere. Like if you are a member of this country, you are paying the government, even if you're here just for travel purposes, like you are paying this government. And so they handle a lot of money. Like, the amount of money that they handle, I actually can't even contemplate. Yeah. I know what the budget is for the country now, after doing all of this research, but I still can't even, like, put that into terms that I can understand. Yeah. But basically, so, the, tax, the taxes that you pay them is, like, taxes for using the roads, for food, like, if you go buy a loaf of bread, mm, cheap, really, really cheap bread is tax-free, but, like, if you're buying, like, uh, that rooibos and rye loaf, that dough, but that you're going to pay tax on.
1: Yeah, there are some things that you don't, <coughs> to, but like, potatoes and rice yes. and whatever, yeah.
0: Um, for having a job, you pay tax. Yeah. For wine, you pay tax. The syntax, sugar. You see now, even you know that. So, you do understand. It's a huge amount of money that they handle, And from there, the money is allocated to different places that the government handles. So SARS is important, and nobody should fuck with them.
1: Yeah, they're actually super, super important.
0: Okay, so now we're going to talk about Bain. I don't know if anybody knows that Bain has been in the news, but I noticed their name crop up a few weeks ago, since the beginning of the year. They've been cropping up in, in relation to this. So maybe you're like, what is Bain? I'm going to tell you. Bain & Co. is a management consultant company, and it is a global giant. Mm. They make mad money. I was not very clear on what a management consultant is until I googled it. (laughs) But so basically, they come in and they tell you how your company can do better. And because this is sometimes a very specialized thing to do, they often work within industry. So hospitality or marketing or it like you've heard of like it companies like having a management consultant come in and be like you can maximize your efficiency and uh, blah 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 by inputting this system but these are like specialized industries so obviously sometimes you'll have like this company works with these kinds of companies like yeah. this management consultancy so i looked it up like i wanted to find out like can I be a management consultant? No, I can't, because I can't do math. And it's a lot of like business graduates who do this yeah, work. Yeah, yeah, it is. Um and I think there's accounting involved. Most likely. Um sales stuff. I think it's an innocuous term, management consultant. Yeah. It it's not it's not like telling the boss you should be a better person. It's not that. <laughs> Anyway, so The Anatomy of State Capture, the book, makes a really good joke about these consultant companies that basically nobody really knows what they do. Quote, what precisely the professional services entail is difficult to define as they span almost the full spectrum of business activities. And as these services are focused on providing the private sector with a competitive advantage, it is mostly secret. Oh, wow. None of these firms are publicly listed and as such are not required to be transparent about their operations or finances. There are several aspects of this industry that need to be questioned, particularly in relation to how they enabled state capture. End quote.
1: Red flags everywhere. Major red flags.
0: Let me go back to the first part that I told you. It's a global giant.
1: Goodbye. I
0: don't like this. <laughs> I don't like this. <laughs> so, I've told you about SARS, and I've now I've told you about Bain. So, now you, like, Michelle, where, how do they hold hands? I'll tell you how. So, Bain came to South Africa. They were like, la 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 la, here we are, land of milk and honey and rainbows. They got a contract with this company called Ambro Bright. And this is a company registered to create events and consult and do other stuff that I don't really care about. But it's like... It just feels like one of those companies that exist, but they just do, like, everything. Oh. Like, there's one person who's, like, really quiet and has all connections. That's what it sounds like. Okay. Whatever. That's not important. So the contract between Amber Bright and Bain says very explicitly that... Bain is now going to pay Amber Bright to drive commercial success for Bain and company South Africa in the government and state-owned enterprise sector. Quote, unquote. That's incredibly fucking vague. Yeah,
1: what does that even mean? Mm.
0: But basically it means that the people who ran this company were paid to introduce... They were paid to be introduced to state players so that they could win contracts within government agencies.
1: so that weird company did that on behalf of Bain.
0: yeah, so basically, if you, Jody, are Bain and I'm Amber Bright and you're like, "Um, I really want to meet this guy," and then I'm like, "I'll introduce you, just give me money." Oh, hectic, okay and that's the, that's the contract, and um I think. I'm trying to remember, I don't have the figure in front of me now. But I think it was something like a hundred thousand rand retainer per month. And no no yeah, and then a bonus. Another bonus for every introduction that they made that was successful. So over a period of a few years, Amber Bright made five million rand just to introduce Bane to state players. Okay. Can you, like, I mean, how much money could I make if I knew Cyril's son? It's all about connections, dude. If I knew, aka, if I knew. It's all about
1: the connections. This is what they tell me at work every day. I'm Mm -hmm. not even lying.
0: I I mean, uh, it's all about the people you know. And here I am. Anyway. So they got to, so Bane... Like, this was this was so successful for Bain that they actually got to have meetings with the president and they gave him this presentation about what they wanted to do with the country.
1: But what has that got to do with them?
0: No, no, no. We must open for business. South Africa is open for business. So, come show me. So, this started to happen in 2012 and then three years after... This is only three years after he was made president. Bain started to like introduce themselves and blah, 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 blah. Then there was this very important project of Bain called Operation Phoenix. And that's basically a plan that allowed Bain getting businesses in all of South Africa's public institutions. <laughs> so this management consulting company wanted to literally consult with all of the SOEs in the country. Oh. Um, and this like <laughs> there was this meeting with Zuma in which this whole plan was unveiled, and the books talk about it a lot, and I would encourage you to go read the book if you want to like know more. But I'm only here to to make sure that you understand certain things. I mean, I could go much deeper into it, but then we would get bogged down in the details. Um, so, do you have any questions? But for what purpose did they want to consult with everyone? Just money? Yeah. Because okay. if you think about it this way, if you are a business and something like a government can give you money, you know that you're going to get steady funding that's going to be stable and you also know that it's going to be a lot of money because it comes from a country. Okay, got it. So while that's going on, in to- around 2013, Bain procured a 91.1 million rand contract with Telcom. And they did this without bidding for work and with no formal proposals naturally but now when you when you get work for a government agency, there's a lot that goes into it, like yeah. first, they send out a call and they say, "We are looking for people to give us a service." Then you need to like give them all of these papers that show that you like have this percentage amount of black people that you your books are fine, that you are situated. In the right place, for example. Mm. Like, you need to give them a lot of money. Then you have to bid. They need to, like, go through a whole process on their end to make sure that they're selecting the right people for the job and that there's no corruption involved. And they got, like, Bain got this contract without any of those processes. It's actually, it's so problematic and disgusting. Yeah. We wanted to
1: apply for a government tender at work and we got, like, the tender document. And do you know how thick that thing is? How thick? I know the listeners can't see.
0: That's it's like, like the size of like... It's so Milan Kundera.
1: And I paged through it and I was reading all like the rules and regulations. And I was like, the amount of work that goes into just submitting a bid that you might not even get. It's like so much. Yes. We didn't end up bidding for it, but that's another story. But the point is, I just thought, this is wild.
0: You need to give them like a DNA sample. and Basically. Like a- so, also, like, the reason this is important is, like, did you know and did you remember that Telkom is partly owned by the government?
1: That was my next question. I thought, I don't know if, if Telkom was state-owned.
0: Not private. Partly private, partly government. I think I'm right in saying that, but they are definitely part government-owned. And, like, I keep forgetting about them because, honestly, what a tax service. And whatever Bain did for Telkom, like, it just didn't work. Clearly. Yeah. Okay, so now we're going back to SARS. Are you still with me? No, I'm with you. I'm I'm really I'm with you. Okay. I'm fascinated. Okay, so I know that we're running long, but like I we almost there. Now we go back to SARS. There's this guy, his name is Tom Moyane. Does this name ring a bell? Yes. But I can't tell you anything, but I've heard his name. That's all you, that's all I needed to hear. Okay. So you may have heard from him in the news. That's like he's one of those names. So, at the time, in 2013, he was just kicked out of his position as Commissioner of Correctional Services. Yikes. So, Correctional Services, uh, if you are like, oh, that's another government word that I don't know. A Correctional Services, like the jail. It's prisons. a fancy word for prisons. They just make it
1: sound nice, because that's where we will correct you, but act- I'm not even going to start. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, yeah. So, it's, they're in charge of all the prison and the prison systems. So it came out in 2019 that Tom Moyane was taking bribes from a private prison company called Posasa.
1: I know these people. Not I know these people, but I know who they are.
0: Okay, because I've heard Posasa in the news and I don't know the heads or tails of who they are. Because the news are not going to be like, Posasa is a company that, it's a private jail company. But, but they
1: like supply stuff to jails. They don't have
0: their own jails. No, no.
1: They supply stuff to jails. From what I understand, I could be wrong.
0: Okay. And there's a lot that I don't know, but it's a private prison company. The name of the company is Posasa. They were also in the news.
1: Also a bad name.
0: <laughs> so so Tom just got kicked out of his position. Then it comes out that like, he was corrupt as hell also. so. So he goes to Bain & Co. for something called CEO Coaching Sessions. And it turns out that Bain was doing this a lot with a lot of like government people at the time. CEO coaching. This must have been such easy money for them. Like, you know, can you just imagine? Anyway. <laughs> just like
1: one presentation, unlike, <laughs> have to be a good CEO. Like, I could do that. <laughs>
0: So now, like we know that Jacob Zuma is in cahoots with Bain, we know that Tom Moyane is in cahoots with Bain, and we know that like they are in cahoots with Talcom also. So then, in twenty fourteen, Tom Moyane, with all of these like corruption things that's going on with him, he becomes appointed the head of SARS. Nah, man. I'm not lying to you. This is not a story. So, immediately, he pulls Bain into the into the mess. He's like, come, sa And he says, you're going to come help us restructure, quote-unquote, the agency. No. Now, I think a lot of us are like, we mm, are scared of SARS. And we know that SARS is important. But I also want people to know and understand. And this is something that I only recently learned. SARS is considered or was considered a very good tax agency.
1: Yeah, no, that is true.
0: It was an internationally acclaimed agency, and I was surprised by that because I don't think about tax agencies as having <laughs> a claim. Yeah. Um, but Bain, Bain didn't go through the proper channels to get this contract, they, they just entered. They were just like, hi, we're here. Um, And nobody knew why SARS needed restructuring anyway. And I actually remember this. It was in the news. And there was this line that they were telling. They told everyone um, that there were, what was the word? Rogue units. They love using that word, eh? They said there were rogue units at play within SARS. And that's why it needed to be restructured. And it was that lie that allowed them to come in and restructure everything. So they set up the Trojan horse, and that was their way to get inside to take everything. And the book goes into a lot more detail, but what I think is interesting is how they got in and how the systems were created that enabled this environment. Like, once they were in, it was very, very easy. So what Tomoyane did was he would like circumnavigate circumnavigate all of the structures that were in place he like f- he fired people, he let people go, he merged departments together to make it easier for them to get more things done. So there was like two different units like a business business income unit, I think, and then a private income unit. so when you report your tax, you work within in silos mm. And those two separate entities, they deal with things differently because personal income tax is different from a business's tax. Yeah. Tomoyane merged the two things together because obviously business tax is far more lucrative, but what's easier to get into? So if you merge those two together, you can just get both of them at the same time. (laughs) By doing this, they made it very easy for rich people, and I mean very, very rich people, to keep their money. And SARS in the process lost a lot of money because they made it easier for people to not have to report this kind of tax. There were consistent shortfalls like every single year under his leadership. And in 2018, we had lost so much money that we needed to make a VAT increase for the first time since the end of apartheid. Have you, like, like, Have you never wondered why VAT is now fifteen percent? (gasps) Oh, because literally growing up, it was always fourteen percent. Yeah, it's because of him. Okay, Okay. So.
1: Okay. Great.
0: So, this is this is the story of Bane and Stars and Jacob Zuma. And, like, when I'm telling you the story, like, there's a lot more agencies involved. Like, we know in the news that Transnet and some other places are involved. And those are, like, complicated stories. But I didn't think that the story was going to be interesting. But look. Look at the mess. Yeah. Oh. And it was happening under our noses the whole time. Yeah. And I also think... I also think a lot of journalists knew and understood what was happening, but also knew and understood that very little was being done to stop. And if you are a journalist, yes, you can publish a story, but if you can't tell the story in a way that makes it interesting for other people to take note of, then honestly, nobody will care. Yeah. No, literally, I get that. And I think that's that's what made it like... So difficult for people to care. And I think, actually, if I'm thinking back to Gupta Gate, like the Vata of Landing and the Nkandra thing, it's easy to see why that was the thing that ticked everyone over. Yeah. Because that's easy to understand. Yeah. This is not easy. Mm. So, to be clear, there were other parties involved in dismantling SARS, um, but this is the most important story. And in the next episode, I want to talk about the Russian nuclear deal. Because this is actually, it's a short story. But it was something that Jacob Zuma, like, for lack of a better word, he was, like, obsessed with us. I remember this. And I just
1: remember thinking, number one, I don't like nuclear. And number two, Russia.
0: Yeah. It was like, (laughs) we
1: Out of all the countries in the world, you want to get nuclear stuff from Russia.
0: But like nuclear energy. We don't know. That is a big, big fat no. She doesn't even go here. No. It's like when fashion people tell us that we must wear low-rise jeans again. Absolutely not under any circumstances. Do we ever repeat that in history again? It's in the same WhatsApp group. It don't make no sense.
1: I thought we all agreed. We all had this conversation, and we said we're not going to do this anymore.
0: We take our power from the sun and the wind, and we wear high waisted jeans. We want to like let our tummies be nice and tucked in. We have
1: such a hot country. Why are we not solar-powered everywhere? We have so much wind and we live by the sea. Girl! That's another ep- let's make that another episode. Girl! No, but this is really, really hectic. And I, this is only scratching the surface.
0: It took me a long time to put all of this together. But you like
1: summarized it really well. You Thank did. You. Because
0: I didn't know anything
1: about the SARS thing and now I can understand it in a way where I'm not like, Fathanan.
0: but don't you think it's funny?
1: It's so, what do you mean? It's fu- I mean, yes, it's funny.
0: Like, it's cock funny. Like, this Tomoyane guy gets kicked out of office and he's <laughs> like gonna walk into SARS. How? Like, it's it's a comedy.
1: Yeah, it's it's a joke. It's a comedy. It's really, really sad, but it's hilarious that this is just what people are able to do in South Africa. This is what people are able to do in South Africa.
0: Girl, this is like, honestly, this is the tip of the iceberg. Like, I mean. I'm so
1: scared for the next episode.
0: Okay, so that's the story for today. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed listening to the first episode of Yo! Woo! First episode done! Yes! Um, if you like us, then you can follow us on Twitter. The handle is Y-O-H underscore podcast. I hope you can spell that because I'm not going to do it for you. Or you can email us. What's our email?
1: Yourpodcast21 at gmail.com. I wanted to make it your podcast, but that was already taken. I don't know who that person is. So I had to add numbers, you know. Whoever you are. We will find you. No, don't say that. Okay, we won't find we you. We definitely won't, because we will literally won't do anything. <laughs> so, the email address is yourpodcast21 at com.
0: Email us. Um, You should definitely rate this episode if you liked it. Like, even if you didn't like it, just rate it so that we can have your data.
1: <laughs> Not to do dodgy things, but just because we also want them. Want your data.
0: Well, because, like... <laughs> The only way to, like, uh, make a podcast grow is through the ratings and the reviews. Yeah.
1: So even if you hate it, it's fine. We can handle it. <laughs>
0: no, like... We'll just try ourselves to sleep. I would need to check in with my therapist. But, yeah, go for it. Why not? Thanks, guys. I hope you had fun. This was mm. a great first episode. Oh, okay, See you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.